0: Okay, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of PJ's Black Circle, second episode by Pearl Jam fans, for Pearl Jam fans, and really just fans of music. With me, as always, is the yin to my yang, the Stone Gossard to my Jeff Ament. Wes, how you doing out there, brother?
1: Hey, Nino, uh, you've been working on that, haven't you? That that was pretty good,
0: man. Oh man, I've been ready for it all week, dude. That's about as good as it's
1: gonna get, people. All right. <laughs> Plus, Stone's my guy, dude. Stone's my guy. You know, Stone's my a guy. Really? Stone's my, yeah. Stone's my guy. Uh, my son's middle name Stone. What? Come yeah. on. now. No, I'm not kidding. Stone's my guy. So thank no, you wait, to that. Do you have
0: any? Do you have any like animals named after the band? Because there's a lot of people that do that, right?
1: You know Ooh. what I'm saying. For forever i wanted if if we ever got another dog again it was gonna his the dog's name was going to be eddie vetter but um that was a little <laughs> too much to, to pass by the goalie um but no no animals named um no my son's name his middle name is uh stone and my daughter's middle name is pearl so um just oh just, i
0: yeah. love it so yeah, cute yeah. nice yeah, work. thanks you know oh. it's we're already so, like, far skewed. We'll just keep going. So I had a cat um, that we adopted, and his name was Diablo. And so we're like, we're not going to keep this cat's name Diablo. We're not, like, devil cat. Because he right. was not a devil cat. So I was kind of like, 20, what am I going to call him? Something with O, something with a D in it. So he kind of, like, knows what his name is. So, of course, I named him Ed. And then it became edved the cat right mm, mm-hmm. and so um we had him years and years ago he's he's moved on and he's he's jamming up in kitty heaven you know listening to that so we actually did have an edved cat that was super cool but i don't know if i'd ever have like a whole basketball team of animals so i could have like boom and matt and stuff right. <laughs> you know, like all that dude <laughs> oh my god that's so funny So, um, so we kind of ended off last week, uh, little bit diving into like some live show experience a little bit. We were kind of talking about, you know, a little Madison square garden action and that one you were really loving because you could actually like have that awesome video that you could watch with your dad. And it was like super cool.
1: Yeah, and you had Uh, a, you had a moment that, or you had some, a good story behind that, you wanted to wait, so.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, we'll get there, Um, but I'm thinking that, you know, you had some good ideas, and you were kind of talking about, obviously, people are going to go to these shows, and they're going to get a number of different emotional responses, whether it's From the people around you, the the family you bring, your friends, the music, the atmosphere, or they have pyro. You never know what's going to happen at a live show. That's what Mm -hmm. makes it so great, right? And you had this really cool idea about, especially with Pearl Jam, you know how you go. And it's going to be a different show every time because the set list is different. So you've got this feeling of how certain maybe a song selection or certain set list will develop a certain type of emotion mm-hmm. you know expand on that a little bit because you're kind of bringing that up
1: right so so what i wanted to do is to, to to ask you and and to have a conversation about you know where if we could kind of pick the most op you know the best opportunity and the best location or the best um, country or you know something like this that whether we haven't experienced it already and, and I've only think I've seen about six or seven shows I think you've seen upwards of twenty or something like this so you know if we could if we could pick an, an ideal or a perfect concert to go to you know, what would that look like you know, oh, and that's for, cool yeah and, yeah and, and for me <clears throat> um, you know I've seen mostly from two thousand six onward. So I'm luckily able to get in. Pro Jam plays; you know, they play a, a 20 song set, and then they go into one encore, which is roughly about five or six songs, and they go into a second encore, which is unbelievable. The right. First times, you know, we went to a show together in in Seattle, and that's it was 35 songs, 35 tracks. So, you know, just unbelievable, and range from all the different albums that have been released. And so I've already kind of been there. So, and I've also done a lot of a lot of time on Pearl Jam Radio um, since they released that. It's been such an awesome platform to, to listen to different live events and live shows that they've done, even from you know, 1991 to today. so yeah. uh, and I, I, love I've noticed, I
0: love that radio station. It's awesome. It's
1: fantastic. And uh, what's really cool is that they, they have such an awesome following in Latin America and then, of course, in Europe. And, you know, for me, it was, I went back and forth on this kind of so much this week uh, where I was thinking, okay, do I, do I try to identify like 1996? Okay. So 1996 release of no code, you know, you also have 10 versus Vitology and then no code. You're going to get, you know, let's say you, we go to a concert with a Pearl Jam show in 1996, you're going to get a good portion of, of the the heavy tracks that you really, really want to hear.
0: Yeah. And you're going to get some thrashing going on. I mean, you're going to get some hardcore rock because, you know, say hypothetically you pick that time frame, you're not going to have maybe as much of like the slow burn songs or this kind of like variety that they've had over the past six, seven albums that will give you... I mean, that'll give you all kinds of stuff like Army Reserve or like Speed of Sound or, you well, know, some like of the Crop Duster or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, yeah. Right. And sometimes, yeah. Ed,
1: you know, sometimes Ed will come out in the first encore and just be an acoustic hymn just playing yeah. a few tracks from, uh, from some of his, like, ukulele songs and stuff, which is really unique, but, you know, but definitely not the thrasher stuff that you're talking about. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Not going to get deep uh yeah and, you know, if that's what you want so and for me that was the hard part and then i was also you know weighing do i because like i said in 1986 you're still going to get that uh when right. i was also weighing okay if i were to go uh, you know 1992 like that is the kind of this the start of this thing right so they're just now taking off and, uh, but you're only, know you're only going to get 10 there. You might get a little of the new release of verses inside that, that, that show. But for instance, right. you know, your own, you know, the first you know, handful of shows, you're only going to get probably eight or 10, 10, songs. So I was having a hard time debating that internally. Yeah. Um, right. Super <laughs> because, <hard to> do. <laughs> yeah. Cause you want to have an awesome, like 30 song experience, but yeah, then you yeah. think, well, I've already done that. Right. I've already, I've already seen that. I haven't seen like a super intimate, like 10, 10 show or 10 song show, which would be completely unique to what we've, uh, what I've seen before. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, okay. So if there's like maybe, uh, one I could go back to and then one I'd really want to, to go to, if I could go back Man, this is hard. This is fun. Okay. So I'm thinking probably 98 ish, 1998, because that is. That's yield. yield. Yeah. That is yield, right? right. So you've got that was a on my stuff. list. Yeah. So now what? Because around that time at the. Okay. So you got the Space Needle, downtown Seattle, Key Arena, and then next to. Uh, remember, I don't know if you had seen it when you were out here, but they had this place called Memorial stadium. Yeah. And it's it was, uh
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, right next to um, the Bill and Melinda Gates thing. Right?
0: Yeah. And cause it's yeah. not, you know, it's not there anymore. Right. And so, you know, they used to have uh, soccer games going on in there and it was all outdoors. So uh-huh. my birthday weekend of turning 21 the boys did two back to back shows two days in a row at uh, Memorial Stadium. And I went, I was able to get into the first show. So it was kind of like my 21st birthday. And it was awesome. It was outside. It was like, I think at that time it was my second Pearl Jam show ever. So it was just. Like, they slayed it, dude. It was so awesome. And, the, what, year and was, what year is this? This is going to be, like, 98-ish. Okay. Right? Okay. Right okay. around in there. So it was definitely, I don't know if it was at the end of the Yield tour or the beginning or the middle. I don't even remember any of that. Um, and I'm lucky I remember a lot about the show because, <laughs> obviously, it was the 21st right. birthday weekend, which was totally awesome. But I just remember it was just hard rock, hard rock, the whole time, the whole time, the whole time, just crushing it. I think they let off, you know, they used to start their their set list with uh, Breaker Fall, which I love that song, and they just, like, set the tone, and they just crush, you know, the whole time they're out there, and I was lucky enough that when I was living kind of north of the U District up here, I was living in this condo, and underneath where I lived was a music shop, um, but it, you know they had CDs and they had maybe a little bit of vinyl at the time, a lot of tapes because we're dating ourselves, uh, probably some music instruments and electronics. So this guy actually had bootleg CDs of shows and... This is before the
1: bootleg stuff kind of was accessible. Yeah, dude, where
0: you actually had to pay like forty-five dollars for a CD because you know what I'm saying. So it's like, so I was able to actually find that show, and I have it buried somewhere. But um, that moment in time for me obviously was special because of you know just the birthday, seeing them outside. It was a beautiful day, and it was just like hard rock song after hard rock song. And I think it was that kind of moment there, when I kind of realized, because this would be in my infancy of my my love affair with PJ, right? Okay. So I I think at that moment I had this kind of like aha moment. I was like, man, these guys can really play their instruments, and they're really tight, and every song sounded great, and Eddie sounded amazing like i could understand what he was singing you know it's like i knew the words i knew everything and they played for a really long time because you know how sometimes it's there are certain bands out there that maybe they their musicianship isn't as perfected or it's not
1: as clean yeah it doesn't sound nearly like the studio yeah, yeah
0: so you know then they're gonna have a lot of fixes that need to take place in the studio to make it sound awesome on their CD, so more people buy their music, and then you see them live in person, and you're like, you know, well, it's, you know, I guess it sounds okay, I mean, you don't want it to sound like the CD, because it's live, but you want it to sound good, Mm -hmm. and, you know, at the time when I was getting into all the grunge scene and all that stuff, that was always something in the back of my mind, like, how are these guys going to actually present themselves in a live setting? How are they actually going to sound? Has it been, is this is 10 just so awesome because it was just totally produced amazingly in the studio, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. And what if they really like suck in person? And so that was uh, a relief for me that knowing that one, they didn't suck, which was great. And, um, and then as more times I saw them, and this is what's so cool about your topic, it's, dude, it's so hard to pick because, like, living in a quarantine right now, like, I'm just like, I want to go to a show tomorrow, and I don't even care where it is, but I also don't want to die with, like, 80,000 people, like, breathing on me either, you know? Right. You know, so, like... So, so,
1: yeah. That experience is is really... That one was...
0: That was cool, yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's really similar to... Kind of um, one of my favorite uh, live shows that I've seen them in was at Wrigley Field. And when they did the, um, the home and away shows, uh, you know? Yeah.
0: You're so lucky, dude. That you, you bastard. Going yeah. To so, Field. So, so this one was
1: cool. <laughs> so this one was really neat where they had, um, of course, Ed, you know, he's from, well, he was born in the outside of the Chicago area, but he's a huge Cubs fan. We all know that. And this yep. is the 2018 um, shows at, at Wrigley and uh my dad and i went to the shows it was back to back it was um it was a saturday and a monday okay mm-hmm. and uh we've been 10 club members for years so we had our the first show we had decent ticket uh, decent seats it was actually so they're playing in center field right and yeah. we are sitting on the first baseline um about three rows up from the dugout which i thought was still pretty good um, yeah. Yeah, it was still pretty cool. I mean, for uh, the best part about shows—not the best part—but uh, you know, forty percent of the best part of the shows are you know the experience, right? It's it's walking up, you know, it's it's talking with other Pearl Jam fans, um, right, right? Getting ready for the show, you know, pre-funking these type of things, and doing that in Wrigleyville was super cool. And I'd never been to Wrigley, and then of course going into the stadium and kind of feeling that atmosphere and. And this was um, this was right after they won the World Series, I think. So,
0: yep, yep, that was a big year.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so they played a really good show. It was, it was a really long show. They opened up with Wash, which was epic. I love love Wash.
0: Nice. Um,
1: and then the second show, which which was the Monday, which was probably a, I rank it a little bit higher in my my um, in how much I appreciated it. Because it was some thunderstorms. So the 2016, I think they had some thunderstorm, or even before that, the first time they had yep. Wrigley, they yep. had big thunderstorm issues. So we get there and it was raining all day. Like we couldn't do, couldn't find anywhere to kind of hang out and do anything. So we just kind of got in around the stadium and, and had a few beers and we got in and then it's again, started raining. We got, but this time we had our seats. We were on, we were on the floor. It was, it's, it's the infield, right? Right. And my our seats were and at this it wasn't it wasn't the standing it was still seats which was unfortunate I wish I would have had the, you know some GAs that would have been amazing sure um, but we're on third base basically standing where Chris Bryant takes his his grounders Yep. Uh, nice. you know I, we took a picture on the Ivy which was really neat and um, long story short you know, the, the the thunderstorm started cranking up again and right before they show they're like hey we're gonna We're going to shut down for a little bit. So, everybody had to evacuate into like the bowels of the stadium. And, you know, just thinking back, yeah, Yeah. thinking back on that today, like going, you know, 45,000 people stuffed in literally like sardines into the bowels of the stadium would be complete. I I can't even fathom that right now. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. With the COVID stuff going on. So, um, but nevertheless, like the reason why this one I think is a little bit better for me was. Because they, when they came out, they came out with like a fire. It's like, okay, we yeah. know we only have an hour and a half to give to you. We're gonna crank it out, and they just literally went hit to hit, and yeah. it was rock. It was the it, they they smattered a little bit of some, you know, of course like black or comeback, uh, some of the real nice slow burns, but yeah. for the most part, man, they cranked it up, and that was uh, even though it was a shorter set list, it was super cool, man.
0: Dude, that's awesome, because um, knowing what that, because obviously it's one of the oldest stadiums in Major League Baseball, and you can't even fathom like the Cubs playing anywhere else but Wrigley Field. Uh-huh. And I hope that they're able to keep that up and, and keep it going, because me, living in Detroit, I was going to Tiger Stadium all the time, and being in those older stadiums, I can only imagine trying to get fifty thousand people in the the hallways, right, right. that where all the concessions are. yeah, because only it went. not only is it just concrete and just well, it's old, you know, but dude, it smells like piss <laughs> because like the bathrooms there, it's old school kingdom style it's yeah. just like, a trough, just a trough. ice. You know, and it's just bad news. So not only would that be just hell because you're, like, crammed in with, you know, 50,000 just drunk people, which, you know, there's going to be people that are more wasted than others that ruin it for everybody else. But it's just got to stink so bad. So I'm so thankful for you that that show was able to, like, go back on because I remember the Wrigley shows before where they had to, like, they started and then they had to cancel for like two hours and then they were playing like till at three in the morning 1 yeah. yeah two in the morning <laughs> and i was still up because you can log in to the traffic cameras right outside the street of wrigley field that has small microphones like this is what they oh, nice is. so you can actually barely hear the echoes of the songs but Hey man, that's how hard up I was at the time (laughs) to get me some live PJ that, you know, I'm up till, you know, way after one in the morning, just trying to hear the boys on uh, my crappy computer feed, watching people outside of Wrigley field. So yeah, one day, man, I'd love to get to Wrigley. So yeah,
1: Yeah. It, it was an amazing show. And, and that's, and that's where I was able to kind of identify, with the my my selection for this topic which would be i've seen i've seen long shows i've seen shows in in big arenas but i keep going back to maybe my favorite thing that i've ever seen is the mtv unplugged in 1992 you know interesting yep so i would lock in if i had to do like one thing if this could be the one opportunity even though it's only like 10 songs right but if i could sit you know next to that little like kind of landing area and and hear those those 10 songs from from that mtv show that would be absolutely terrific that's what i would choose yeah.
0: and that's so cool because you hear the boys talk about that later how literally the night before they flew in from europe to do yeah. that show and they're they're tired they're hungover They're you know, that show was very stripped down and they always talk about like, hey, if they knew how successful it would have been, like when they saw, you know, especially the unplugged that Allison Chains did and that Nirvana did. Right. And they're like, Well, maybe we would have done that. But I think that's what makes it so cool is that it was stripped down. It was bare bones. I had never really heard a rock band do full-on acoustic like that. Well, I've heard of Vans doing it, you know, obviously, but not really being able to see it, especially on TV. And I had really wanted to go to the Ben Arroyo Hall. Oh,
1: that was on the you know, list, you know. You
0: know, in 03 because, dude, I went down there. I stood in line. We got down there at like 7 in the morning. Lines were around the block. I'm like, there is no way in he double hockey sticks that i am getting a ticket we didn't i was trying to pull strings you know this was kind of pre you know stub hub so even if i wanted to spend a bajillion dollars there was like no tickets to be had and i just love that show that show is so good and it sounds so, so good. good and that venue is anytime anyone goes there to Benaro hall and doesn't well, matter a, what yeah, it is it's, like it's a, just it's amazing like a ballet uh
1: um
0: it's just symphony orchestra symphony. yeah right. all that yeah. but i have seen some i've seen everyone from george carlin in there i've seen uh chris cornell do a solo show in there which was just amazing right so yeah that's an amazing time yeah
1: that was that was mm. that was one of the one of the, the ones I went back and forth. That's I tough. was going, yeah, I was going to, I was going to lean towards, and this was my, this was my selection pretty much for the entire week until basically this morning, was somewhere in Europe, right, going someplace, some small venue in, yeah. in the yeah. UK or in Germany, right. and, and having that experience. But no, going back to the Ben Royal Hall, like that is such an amazing show, and and Mike kills it. And his solos and i think stone i've, I've watched a few videos of that mm-hmm. i think stone kind of gives up on half of the <laughs> half of the songs of where he kind of just like puts his guitar down and says okay let's just i'm just gonna bow out of this one." For oh, really i didn't yeah. even notice that no yeah <laughs> but uh i didn't no,
0: even notice that like masters of war
1: i've never heard masters of war and of course they play that yeah, that was great all the time but that's fantastic or or immortality oh, it's unbelievable
0: yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, um, God, on that show, they did, you know, they did Fatal. They did Man of the Hour,
1: which man is of the hour, yeah.
0: so good. So I,
1: I want to ask one, one quick comment for you. No, keep you going. Know. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, my, so yeah, there was another um, there's another CD or DVD release. It's the I think could have been just like a pop up show in the show box uh, in yep. downtown. And yep. that would have been right, probably 2000, 2001, right when they released Binaural. Yep. Like That would have been cool too. Like again, that was on my list where I was like, man, yeah, that would have been quaint and really intimate to be like, hey, I'm just going to see you know somebody you know play at the Showbox, which is not a huge, huge arena. I've been to the Showbox in, in Soto District. I've not been the one downtown, but yeah. that would have been cool too. That would that was oh, that yeah, was my. Man.
0: I couldn't get tickets to that one either. I mean, stuff like that. It's like, unless you're in the know, somehow, you know, it's just so difficult. But um, I've never seen PJ at the Showbox, but I have seen Mike McCready do um, his other cover band. He does Flight to Mars. And I used to work with a girl who is also a huge jammer. And loved her some Flight to Mars. I was like, what is this? So I went down there, got into a Flight to Mars show, and it's and it's cool, man. It's it's super, it's not even close to anything Pearl Jam. They don't do anything Pearl Jam. You know, they just do a lot of their own music and some covers. And seeing people in that venue, it, it is small and it's so awesome. Like I was able to see Velvet Revolver there, um, which was amazing. Um but you know, kind of moving back to you know your topic, it's not only can you go back, but if you could choose or have maybe an era in right. a certain place yeah. yep. of a show that never took place it never took place want to, that right. what would you want to see? So when I listen to like Pearl Jam radio and stuff like that, I just get super jealous at how great. The crowd's sound in, in like Argentina.
1: I know, man. I and know. Brazil. Amazing.
0: And Italy. And um, so I think, I don't know if I'd do an intimate show would be cool because obviously it'd be sweet to be like, right. it's me and 50 other people. <laughs> like, that's pretty dope. But, uh, you know, I'd want to be, I, I'd like to try. You know, know, a 60,000 group, you know. At an old soccer stadium. Yeah, so I I think if I wanted to go somewhere, just because I've never been there, love to go to Italy, you know, go to where the motherland is, maybe do one of those, um, you know, uh, Argentina or Brazil play. I I don't know because I don't really know what the stadiums look like. So for me, it's hard to be like, which one's cooler place to go? But those crowds just have so much, like, they put everything out. Yeah, they take it and, to the next
1: level. And crowds. when I go
0: to, yeah, when I go to, you know, not the, you know, and you've heard Ed say this sometimes, you know, he's like, oh, this is actually, you know, if he's doing a show in the States, he's like, this is actually the best that, you know, a U.S. crowd has ever sounded, which I know, definitely, man. definitely lends itself to him saying, you know, I do like it here. Obviously, I love my fans, but, you know, he's totally getting his rocks off when he's got everybody sure. giving that energy back to him, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Um, so if they could somehow do a show, because I love the the CenturyLink field down here, Seahawks Stadium, Lumen Field, whatever they keep changing, because the acoustics that Paul Allen built for that, when, they, when you go to a, a Seahawks game, I mean, it is like deafening. Right. And I've seen some awesome shows. I've seen Metallica do a big show there. I've seen U2 with their 360 tour where they put this huge spaceship in the middle of it.
1: Wow. And it's
0: just such a great venue. So if we could somehow, because they've never played there before, Pearl Jam has never played in the stadium, it'd be another home show. But to get a crowd like just Bring everyone from Argentina and then me. Okay, you know? so keep it so, so in
1: guess, keep it in the states, but bring the energy from a uh, uh, an Argentinian crowd. Basically, God, it's so
0: it's so hard because I'm vacillating between the two. I'm like, do I want to go somewhere? And like, well, think about it, too. Like, for me, up.
1: when I was debating it's this internally,
0: it's hard, man.
1: When I was debating this internally about the the Europe stuff, I was thinking, how cool would it be though to go to Spain? Or I mean, I've been to Spain, or I've been to uh i've been to uh, belgium and uh, can you imagine going to italy and finding a small or or the uk and small, finding a small pub right outside the stadium and like i know free so with, with the uk like uk guys like sure you can talk to the americans all you want because we're all you know but that's a whole different experience like that's for me like yeah. that would i would much rather see the big show in a european facility an old soccer stadium or something like that but you know i get it yeah Yeah, no,
0: that'd be cool. I'd love to do, you know, you get people that, I don't know how they do it. I don't know if they're just wealthy. They have no lives. They just sell everything just so they can go on tour with Pearl Jam in Europe. And they just like follow them around for like, you know, eight shows, 12 shows, (laughs) six shows. I'm just like, you got to just be independently wealthy because, you know, you see these, you hear all these, you know, this is my 138th show. I'm like, how in the frick are you doing that? Like, seriously, you have to be like a millionaire because you are just like, or you're self-employed and you can just do whatever you want. So I really don't know how they're doing. You know? Yeah.
1: Stuff. So so you would go, and then is there, a, is there an era? Uh, you said 1998, you would still stick with that because then you're really going to get a lot of um, I think I
0: would fast forward the era, maybe... I would probably... this is tough, dude. I would bring it up to... I'm trying to think if I bring it up to Backspacer or if I bring it up to the self-titled Avocado album. Not that I don't love the past couple albums, but I don't know if I need, 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 need to have songs from those albums in my live experience. Uh, you know how it's like I gotta hear this song or it's like my night will not be fulfilled or like something from this album like
1: you you don't need to hear minor manners manners right now you could hear something
0: else yeah you know I do love me some lightning bolt you know I love that album it's great um but I you know the more I've been listening to that self-titled avocado album when that first came out man I was just gigging on all that stuff severed Mm -hmm. hand and comatose you know Mike's just shredding the guitar on that dude. So I'd go probably up to 2006. Okay. So I can get everything from there and then prior. Right. And then just let Ed work his magic with his set list and, you know, and Ed we trust. So that sounds,
1: you know. yeah, no, of course. And, and that sounds, that sounds like a fantastic show. And, and for me, it was like early on. So I, I I'm still going to stick with the early, early. Cause I ha- And I've seen, I've seen live shows where I get all of it, which are fantastic, but but, and the reason I was thinking even like 96, if I were to go that route, I get a lot of, I get a lot of vitology. I get a lot of no code, which I mean, I don't hear a lot of verses. I haven't heard a lot of that live. I've, I've done some, um, I've looked back at some of the set lists. It's, I mean, they, they give you a lot of 10 and they give you a lot of, you know, yeah, uh, the new albums, but no, that's a great selection, man. That's a fantastic. Plus, well, plus I might yeah. Go, uh, ahead. You, so,
0: go. I, Yeah, ninety
1: two. I might see. I mean, not at the uh, unplugged show, but ninety two. I might see him jumping off the rafters, man. That's that. That could be something I might see.
0: I've never yeah, because I haven't seen that. And plus, you know, what's fun is if you go that far back, you're gonna get a lot of hair. You're gonna get a lot of you're gonna get a lot of grime you know yep that's right you know all the boys got some nice (laughs) dues you know some locks coming down yeah they'll they'll, they got some headbanging going on like when i see that old school uh pink pop show
1: oh that's fantastic that's at the uh, denmark
0: yeah we're at you know obviously he gets up on that uh That camera boom. That's so cool. During porch. Yeah, and everyone's trying to outweigh, like, the seesaw on the other end to get him over the crowd so he can, like, jump out in there. And, yeah, I've never really seen – I've seen Ed – I've seen him do, like, a little bit of climbing, maybe halfway up a scaffold on the side with his mic. And he just kind of stops there and he Mm -hmm. sings Alive. You know, he'll be up there doing that. But I've never seen – you know, I've I've never seen him swing – or just hang like Batman upside down. I would be
1: just, so, so just do you, like, please so, don't
0: fall. You know, yeah, so.
1: that came into my equation too. So when I chose the, the kind of the smaller, uh, maybe slowed down version, cause I was factoring that in. Like if I to have gone to a show in '93 and it would have been all just standing room, everybody. And I've been to shows like that where you just get you know crunched to the front, right? And sometimes that's not that enjoyable. No, <laughs> so, I hear you. So especially if you're trying to like enjoy the uh, what they're actually playing, not just enjoy right. being at a, at a show. So I don't know. Do you, are you a fan of, of, of trying to work your way up and being a part of that that uh, those those really really um, condensed that feelings? Not me. I no. don't
0: want to. I don't want to sound like an old fart, you know. <laughs> but today, if I if I knew today, I'm like, okay, I get a ticket. And my only, you know, and I need to go to let's say Key Arena downtown, whatever. And it's on the floor and it's standing room only and it's gonna be with people that are all say twenty five and under. Right. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah.
0: And you know you're gonna get some mosh pit going on. Right. right?
1: Yeah.
0: Like you know, at a time, yeah. Get in there. What you know, what does that, Kid that Rock pit. say? Get get in the pit and try to love someone, dude. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Mix up a so, bit, okay. yeah. And so there were times where I, I just don't know right now because, like, I just want to would want to. Yeah, I'd want to get up front because I'd want to see get up the boys right. as I could. Right. But I also just, you know, I'm kind of over getting like boots to the back of the head <laughs> or like someone falling on oh, you. you. Yeah, exactly. or it's like someone that's so drunk and super sick that you see them and they're like trying to get past you so they can get out and they're about to like throw up all over the place. And you're just like, please don't. And so it's just like, yeah, there's a time in my life where, you know, yeah, that was awesome. And I definitely would try and get as close as I could and work my way up there. I guess the cool part now is that if you take the main consortium of Pearl Jam fans who you know obviously they have fans that are still finding you know still learning about pearl jam and they'll have that generational continuance going on but um i think the the average pearl jam fan you know a little more seasoned right a little more seasoned a little more seasoned little little bit uh maybe not moving as quick anymore (laughs) so i think you know with that Maybe I can work my way up there a little bit more. And
1: but there's like but there's like unwritten rules at a Pearl Jam show because of that though. Like you have ten club, and then you and then you get like your seat or you get your um your your place. Yeah. When I was at the Wrigley show and I was sitting on the infield, we had seats, right? But then you had this barrier, and then you had general admission. But yeah. I, you don't. you can just peering up, like you didn't see a lot of people trying to navigate through there. They like kind of respected. Hey, I got here first. Like yep. I'm not gonna jump in front of you and, and cause some issues. But it's a really respectful crowd. And like you said, right? Like right now, you wouldn't be afraid of that. But yeah, put me in, put me at the rock, uh, rock guild, or rock guild in 1992. That's a, that's a, that's a scary, scary zone.
0: Well, you know what's cool uh, about ed is that out of all the bands i've ever seen he does an amazing job at crowd management
1: he sure does
0: he and i've seen him do it at damn near every show especially when you know there's no like seats or separation or some type of something that tries to keep people in their individual spot, you know? Yeah. So I've been at shows where he's like, I need everybody at the same time to take two steps back because people are getting crushed up here. And, you know, that's just another reason why I love these guys because they actually care. They actually give a shit. Now, I've been also on the other side of where I've been, I've seen Rage Against the Machine and I've been in that mosh pit. And I'm fearing for my life because I just feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm having a great time, but God, I hope I like live through this. Right. this story. And then you forget most of it. Right. And yeah. And they, and you know, not that these guys don't love and appreciate their fans, but that type of show obviously demands. It caters more to that.
1: Yeah. It caters
0: more to that type of energy and action. But I've never really been at a show where there's just crazy mosh pits and like at a a hardcore band that's playing where I've ever heard them say, hey, calm down a little bit or be careful up here or kind of do that. So, you know, that's what's cool with them is that. I don't know if that obviously really started with, you know, the Rock Skilled concert. I have a feeling he was doing that before but it didn't help. still it didn't help. I mean yeah it didn't help you know but um so yeah, yeah it's needless
1: to say there's you could pick any time any place and you're gonna get a good show that's how we yeah. could probably agree right
0: yeah yeah so it's hard to god it's that's such a great question dude and it'll probably change tomorrow yeah, I'll, of course. Wake up Absolutely. And I'll be like be like I want to go back to New York or I like I've never been here but yeah that's that's tough man One thing I will say kind of in closing, um, is I, I like the intimate shows. Now I was super lucky to go to this place downtown called the Vera project. And this was, man, this had to be 2000, 99, somewhere in there. Right. And Eddie had, I don't know how he got hooked up with this program, but there was this group of kids from Africa that came to the United States. They came to Seattle. They were a choir from South Africa. Okay. And uh, I don't know if the director or the teacher was a huge Pearl Jam fan or if they had some kind of roots in the Pacific Northwest, but they came out here. And I believe it was called Molo Care. And I cannot remember the name of the high school because I'm just thinking of this now. So they came out. Eddie spent probably a week with these kids. And they were able to go into Stone Gossard's studio. And they did really cool versions of Better Man. And so it's Ed singing and, but it's got the, it's got this really cool kids South African choir and they bring some drums and they do all this stuff. Well, they did, uh, Eddie did this little intimate show at this place that maybe had 125 people maybe sit in here. So my wife and I got in there uh, with two other of our friends. I think we had four tickets and, literally like i've seen a picture of your um where your uh your desk is uh-huh. and you're probably in right now right. so imagine you're sitting on one end of your room right yeah. there and then the wall and pick any wall opposite of you like eddie is sitting right there oh. I'm, I'm second row it's just him right and he started with um can't keep Right, Because this was very much kind of Riot Act-ish age. So he starts off with that. And I don't know if he was pulling on the ukulele or a smaller guitar. So he did a couple Pearl Jam songs. And then the kids came out and did the choir. And then they left. He finished off with a couple more PJ songs. And I'll tell more about that next time. Because there, at that place, is where I met Stone. No. Yes. So I will I will okay. I will leave that hanging till next time. All right. So, Sounds good, man. Uh, so that one was good, but um great job, great topic. I mean, I love the whole aspect. Cause we didn't even get into how certain songs maybe in combination of certain atmosphere and certain people give you give you the chills or give you the goosebumps or what songs would you need to hear in that search? Yeah. Time. We got that's more to something.
1: talk about later so, on then,
0: man. So that's something we can definitely pick up on, but, um, man, great job. Wessels. You're the man.
1: Hey, this is, it was a fun, it was fun, man. Really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Well, fun you fun stay time.
0: safe. You stay safe out there, brother. Okay. You. Sounds and sounds until, good, man. until next week, uh, this has been our second episode of PJ's black circle. And, uh, God bless Pearl Jam. We'll catch you next time.